All right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service, High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing tonight? Yes, yes, yes. So, praise the Lord. Uh, we are aware that it's a tad bit warm, so you don't have to tell me. I already know. <laughs> but praise God. Uh, thank you, Jesus. We got some fans going on in here, and we were, uh, we're going to be getting those things up there really, really soon. So, uh, we're working on that every single day. Um, and so just stay in faith with us on that. Uh, we're going to be getting those units fully up there, but uh, we've got some things in the works to get at least a couple of them up before all six are ready. So uh, stay in faith on that with us, okay? Let's go ahead. We're going to speak some words of faith over America. Who thinks we should do that? Let's stand up together. Even if you don't think we should, I'm just going to tell you, we should. We ought to do that. Let's stand up together, and we're going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Praise God. And we're going to see some things change for the glory of God. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. Well, let's go over a few announcements here because we are just getting into a busy time of year. First of all, uh, my wonderful brother, Josh and Julie, they had their fourth baby last night. Yes. Little Judah Samples was born at about 10 o'clock and uh, Julie's doing wonderful. Maybe she's watching right now. So hi, Julie, if you are, but praise God. Uh, they're doing great and they're healthy and happy and doing wonderful. And me and Katie have all their kids. So we've got seven kids in the house right now. Pray for us. It's awesome. We love it. All right. Praise God. Yeah. Woo. You know, I, I was tell you, I was just walking a minute ago, put my hand in my pocket. I realized there's a butter knife in my pocket. I have no idea how that got there, but I think it was, I was, I, I'm going to narrow it down to maybe three out of the seven kids that I could pin that on, but I have a butter knife. If anybody, if you're going to make some toast during church, see me, I can just, we'll spread that jam there. Okay. Praise God. Uh, Saturday, Saturday is the mother son pancake breakfast. Come on. And so uh, that's going to be next door in Victory Hall. And FYI, Victory Hall is fully air-conditioned with wonderful brand-new units. So it's ice cold. In fact, the youth group, are, they're so cold over there right now, they're wanting coats. So they're doing good. But I uh, don't feel sorry for the teens tonight. But um, Saturday, $2 a person. And we're going to um, have a pancake buffet for all the moms and sons. Um, let's see here. Uh, we're asking that you could bring a picture of of you and your mom or you and your son from when uh, they were younger. Okay, so a throwback picture, and we're going to have some prizes and giveaways. It's going to be a wonderful, awesome time, so be here. And then Sunday is, of course, the official day. It's Mother's Day on Sunday, yes. And we love to celebrate the moms at HDWC because we are blessed. We've got a church full of godly holy, wonderful women. And I, I don't say that out of flattery. I mean that seriously. So uh, we've got invitations back on the info booth. We printed a bunch of invitations. Invite somebody. If there's a mom or, or somebody, I mean, you could invite anybody, but invite somebody to church Sunday. We will have a gift for every single mom and some additional prizes. And of course, children's church is fully opened up every Sunday morning starting this Sunday. All right. So every Sunday morning, we're back to normal, and then um, Wednesday nights, Jam Junior for the preschool and kindergartners is open starting tonight. So parents, you can get your kids up there if you want to. They're having a great time. And uh, also, we've got some new lift groups starting up. We're kicking those back off again finally. Um, we're going to be having a Sunday morning Bible class. Uh, start and we were going to start that in May, but with Austin's, he's got to be out of town on some work business. So we're going to start that in June, but that'll be Sunday morning studying the book of John one chapter a week, just for a half an hour. Awesome time to grow. And then, uh, my wife, Miss Katie is going to be starting a ladies Bible study on Tuesday nights. Yes. At our house. 
and Katie Brady's going to be helping her. So the Katies are teaming up. Where's Katie Brady? There's Katie Brady. All right. They're teaming up on that. And uh, they're studying the Kenneth Hagin book, Following God's Plan for Your Life. Wonderful book. We've got it in the bookstore. You can also get it online, but that'll be at our house starting this Tuesday. Um, there's a flyer back there. I'm, I'm about to hand out wrong information. So go get the flyer and it'll tell you what time. It'll tell you our address because I don't even remember that right now. So just go back there and get that. Praise God. All right. Well, lots of great stuff going on. Make sure you stay tuned. And if you're, uh, you know, ever out in the dark on something, follow us on social media. That's a great way to stay connected. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and the ushers will get one to you. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving and give on there. There's also a phone number you can text, but I don't remember that number either. Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus 27. I'm going to be in the King James here. Amen. Like we said Sunday, if King James is good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. Come on, somebody. No? All right. <laughs> that went over good, didn't it, Alex? <laughs> Leviticus 27 and verse 30, talking about the tithe, it says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. The tithe is holy unto the Lord. And so what's that telling us, whether the, the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree? What it's telling us is no matter where your income is coming from, it's holy to the Lord. And we know that holy means it's set apart. And so whenever we keep the tithe to ourselves, we're really, we're clinging on to something that if we're in covenant with God, that doesn't even belong to us. That belongs to God already. And so when we give it back to the Lord, we realize it's holy to the Lord and we're simply open up the door for God to bless our finances and have his way in us. Amen. And you know, somebody may look at that and say, yeah, well, that was the old covenant. That was the Levitical priesthood. But I'm telling you right now, man, Hebrews 8, 6 says we are under a better covenant with better promises. And so if God would rebuke the devourer under the old covenant, my goodness, what would he do for us under the new and better covenant? Amen. All right, come on, let's stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving because we mix faith with everything we do. Come on, faith with everything we do. Let's speak some words of faith here. And then Katie and the team are going to lead us in a great time of praise and worship pastor has a dynamite word for us, and then we will let you go on home tonight. Amen. Let's do this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, Royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Okay, as soon as you're done dropping off your tithes and your offerings, join us at your seats. Stand up and let's praise the Lord together tonight. Hallelujah. From the ashes, no longer bound by chains. You gave your life for freedom. Thank you, Jesus. We're coming out of the shadows. Your glory tore through the veil, and now your light shines upon us. Cause we are free. in the river you turn our sorrow to joy and now we're singing your praises yes lord 
Just invite the Lord in this place tonight. And I can't get enough. No, I can't get enough of your amazing love. And I can't get enough. I can't walk away And I can't walk away For I have seen your face And I can't walk away Let's just sing, I just want to be where you are And I just want to be where you are. And I just want to be near your heart. There is nothing like your love. Jesus, there is nothing like your love. Listen, I can't get enough. I can't get enough No, I can't get enough Of your amazing love Jesus, I can't get enough And I can't walk away. No, I can't. 
Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful for who you are, for what all you've done for us. Grateful for eternal life. And Lord, we're so thankful for what you're doing for us today. We know there's so much more. There's so much more that we can receive if we only listen. You said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And then you said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. So, Lord, my prayer tonight is that everyone watching this on the Internet, everyone in the service, they will listen with their ears, and they'll be doers of what they hear. In Jesus' name, thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Well, we'll try to keep it moving because of the heat. We're doing all we can do to work on getting those people to get our units up there so we can get this place cooled off. But... Uh, we got children upstairs, lots of fans upstairs, and try to keep them cool. So for their sakes especially, we want to keep it moving. But I've got a really, really great uh, message for you tonight that I really know is a life-changing message for some of you. It's called, What is Your Confession of Faith? What is your confession of faith? And, you know, we use those terms all the time. We say those all the time. They're out of the Bible. But you need to know what it is and what to do about it. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, verse 23, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what we're talking about. Another title of this message could be, What to Do Between Amen and There It Is. What do you do between Amen and There It Is? Uh, how many of you know that Jesus really is real? And the Bible really is true? and all the faith testimonies you hear from other people, and you have testimonies of your own, so you know that God does answer prayer. But sometimes it takes a while before you get the answer. And the, sometimes the holdup may not be on God's end, it might be on your end. If you don't know the process of how faith works, and you don't know what to do between the time you prayed the Word of God, you hear good sermons on it, you read books on it, and those kind of things, and you know... The verse of the Bible, like First uh, John five fourteen, this is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. 
If we go that he hears whatsoever we ask, we go that we have. The petition is art of him. So we see lots of verses of the Bible tell us that when we're praying the word of God, when we're praying in faith, that God's answering that. But sometimes there's a time period between amen and there it is. And too many Christians, because they don't know what to do, between the amen and the there it is, they quit. They back off. They stop. They give up. And then their mouth begins to get them in trouble. And you know, when you go to a church like this, we teach Mark 11, 23 all the time, that Jesus says, we speak to the mountain, tell it to be removed, it has to obey us. So if we have whatsoever we say it. And that's where your failure is. You quit saying what you're supposed to say and start saying the wrong things. And when you do, you still have whatsoever you say. Spiritual law. And so Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says this. Hebrews 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And so I want to say this, that God would never tell us to do something unless he told us how to do it. Amen. You know, I looked at all of you just got young children out here, and uh, it'd be a terrible thing to tell your children, you know, you go clean up that messy room, and I got blessings for you. But they'd never been taught how to clean up the room. So you'd be deceiving your kids if you don't show them what to do or what you tell them to do, then you're deceiving them. And you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't be a very good parent. And so you're a good parent when you show those little ones what to do so that, and, and so then when they, you tell them something to do, they already know what to do, and then they're accountable. And so how many know that Jesus said we have a good father? And so if our father tells us, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering, then we can hold on to what we're supposed to hold on to until we get it, because it says that he is faithful. He is faithful that promise. You know, I think about some of the promises that, that, that I know myself, that, I, that I've stood on for, for 41 years and known how this works. James 1.5 says, you need wisdom, wisdom, ask your God, that he gives it to you liberally. But some people, they'll ask God, oh, what do I do? The wisdom of God. But they don't hold on to their faith after they pray that. Or we know that, the, that the, the Bible tells us we train up a child the way he should go. We pray for God's wisdom, for God's help, and train up our children. But then we don't hold on to our faith while we're doing it. And same thing for healing, finances, marriage things. Anything in life that there is that concerns you, God has the answer in the Bible. But it takes something called faith to get it. And so you hold, you hold on to confess your faith without wavering. And so I want to go to Romans chapter 10. Amen. Romans chapter 10, we're going to look at verse 6. And we're going to just stay in just a very few verses here in Romans chapter 10. And, you know, I, I just think about the notes that, uh, you know, I just always emphasize that so much. And maybe you put them on, maybe you take notes on your phone or something. Now I don't know, but that's how I grew. That's how I learned. And I still do it. Every service I go to, I take notes. Every sermon I listen to, I write down the scripture, and I write down little nuggets, and uh, I was just at Dr. Barclay's conference down in uh, Oceanside Vista a couple weeks ago, and I'm still looking at those notes, when I take notes, the nuggets that the Holy Spirit used Dr. Barclay to speak that spoke to me on my pages of my notes, I put yellow through those. And then the ones that really speak to me, I put red circles around them. And I look at them because, you know, if, 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 if you come to a church service and you want God to talk to you, you believe in God to hear you, why don't you write down what he said? You know, I, I think about uh, little, little, J, little James uh, Browning. He came to our men's meeting Saturday. We had a lot of men at Outer Place, had a really great time, and... I, I can't hit too many bunny trails because i got too much to give you. But I want to say this. Little kids hungry for God, <clears throat> he had such a great, great question that if you're not spiritual, 
You might think, well, that's dumb. Well, we're sitting there. How old is he? Six years old? Six years old, seven years old. Sitting there at this thing for all these grown men. And a little boy raised his hand, looked at the Bible, said, why do you call that the Word of God? He wasn't being a smart aleck. He wasn't being a kid for dumb questions. He said that, and immediately the Holy Ghost had the answer through me to give to him. It was so simple. I said, well, that's letters that God wrote. I said, men wrote them, but God told them what to say, so that's God's word that men wrote down that this is what God says. And so I said, if somebody wrote you a letter and they wrote the words down, this would be Ilea's words because Ilea wrote it down. This would be Chuck's words. If Chuck wrote a, wrote, a, wrote, wrote a love letter to his wife, and his wife is reading that love letter, he'd say things to her no other man better say to her. But we'd say, and Heidi'd say, that's Chuck's words. Well, why is that Chuck's words? Because Chuck said them, and they're written down right here. And so when God says it's his will for you to have more than enough money to pay your bills and money left over, that's God's word. When God's word says he wants your marriage to be a blessed marriage so people can see Jesus glorified in your house, that's God's word. And so whatever it is that's in the Bible that God says to you, that's God's word. And we call it God's word because men wrote it down, but God put it on the heart to write it. And so the word of God says, hold fast and confess your faith without wavering. And so now I want to show you how to do that. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. And look at this. It says, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh. I circled that in my Bible. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. If you're a person that's going to hold fast to the confession of faith, number one, you're going to have to know you've got to speak your faith. You've got to say what your faith is. Faith speaks. And so real Bible faith always has a voice. Real Bible faith always has a voice. And, you know, I remember I, I taught healing school for a lot of years. We used to have healing school in Indiana on Wednesday mornings. Other preachers came. Other Christians came from other churches. And I, I remember teaching that and talking about people wanting to, know, uh, wanting, wanting to know how to receive healing. I could always tell when they talked to me about what they're going through, if it was faith speaking or if it was fear and unbelief speaking. Because, because when faith wasn't speaking, it always had a whine in it. Well, I know, I know that Jesus wants me healed. That's not faith speaking. Well, I know, you know, it might be in your life, financial things. Well, I know, I know that God don't want me to be poor. That's not faith speaking. Faith says, I know that God is supplying all of my needs. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel. I believe the word of God, and God's word says my needs are met, and so I say my needs are met. God's word says, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, has been laid on me. And the elders of the church even anointed me with all prayed the prayer of faith. It says the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And so I'm not moved by how I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I believe the word of God. The word of God says the prayer of faith heals the sick, and so I'm getting better every day. Faith speaks. Faith always has a voice, and unbelief has a voice too. It's the widened voice. It's why well, I know, but. Faith doesn't have a but. Amen. We're talking about hold fast and confess your faith. What does it mean? And so if faith speaks, what does it say? Verse 8. But what saith it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. We're a word of faith church. And what did we preach? We preached the same thing that Paul preached. He said the word of faith, which we preach. And so faith always says what the Bible says about whatever it is you're facing or whatever it is you need God to do in your life. Faith always says what the Bible says. And you notice it said the word of faith. Why is it called the word of faith? Because it builds faith in your spirit. 
When you're preaching the Bible, it builds faith in your spirit. And you know, there's a lot, a lot of places where we preach the Bible, they preach traditions. And Jesus said that the traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. And so when you're preach, preaching tra- traditions, are you preaching experiences? I know one time uh, in our bookstore back in, back in uh, Indiana, there was a famous author that uh, we was on the, whatever, the new release thing through the publisher that said Bookstore Bookstore and got a bunch of these books come in on new release. And so I was walking through the bookstore one morning. I thought, well, boy, that's like a good book about healing. And so I picked that book up, and I'd never really heard this person preach, but I'd heard their name. It was in our bookstore selling to people. And so I get to the first chapter and read the first chapter, and this preacher said, 1 John 5, 14, 15, this is the confidence we have in him. We ask for his will. I quoted that a while ago. Well, his word's his will. God wouldn't will one thing and say another thing. You know, when you leave a will to somebody, we know that the New Testament is the will and testament of Jesus Christ. And so when you leave a will to somebody, you put in there what you mean. And so anyway, this, this preacher starts off his book by saying, I know it's got God, not God's will to heal everybody, because my dad was a godly man, and I prayed, if it be thy will, heal my dad. And my dad died, so it's not the will of God to heal everybody. Well, she preached experience. Amen. The Bible teaches very, very plainly in the New Testament that there's ways to receive healing from God. And when you're a faith person, you can receive healing from God according to the word of God. You don't preach experiences. You know, I think about 2 Peter 3, 9 said, it's it's not his will that any should perish, but all should be saved. Well, everybody doesn't get saved, but that's not the will of God. It says it's the will for everybody to be saved. But also here in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so when we preach the gospel, if, if right now, if we have one of those big tents up, say, for example, have what they call a big revival going to get people to come to Jesus, get up there and preach the best you got. Billy Graham preached the best he had, but everybody didn't get saved because they didn't all respond. When you respond to the word of God, then the word of God will work for you. And so, so this woman, well, I don't know who she was, that was a woman preacher. But anyway, this lady in this book here starts off by saying that, and so I tried to read that book the best I could. Thought, man, I hope this gets better. It didn't. And so I told my bookstore manager, I said, send those back. I said, we can't have those in there because if we've got somebody at our church that has a terminal case, they read that first chapter. They say, well, I must be the case like this lady's dad. He didn't get it, and I won't either. So we couldn't have that unbelief in our bookstore. Amen? And so it says, it says what, do, what, what does faith say? It says, the word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. In thy mouth and in thy heart. In thy mouth and in thy heart. Faith won't work unless the word of God's in your mouth as well as your heart. You've got to say what the Bible says. And so faith always says what the Bible says. Now I want you to look at verse 9. We're going to be looking at verse 9 and verse 10. We're talking about how you hold fast, hold steady to saying what God says. Once you've prayed the prayer of faith and you've said amen, then we're looking at what do you do because Hebrews 10, 23 says, hold fast the confession of your faith. So we're looking at how to do that. And so verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, now, did you see that again? Did you catch that mouth and heart? Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God, that God raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so you became a new creature in Christ, a born-again Christian, a believer, because of what you said out of your mouth and what you believed from the Bible in your heart. Can you see that? You became born again because not only what you believed, but what you said. You had to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And so verse 17 tells you where you got the faith in your heart to do that. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh for healing at hearing what the Bible says about healing. Faith cometh 
for being a good husband or being a good wife or being a good parent by hearing hearing what the Bible says about families. Faith cometh for being a good church member by hearing what the Bible says about church. Faith cometh for getting promotion on the job by hearing what the Bible says about how to get a promotion. The Bible talks about that. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you need in your life, that you need faith for, it only comes one way, by hearing the Bible. And so this particular thing, you're talking about faith for being born again. And so, and so faith to be, believe God started because you heard what the Bible said. I want to say that again. Let that sink in. You know, if you're to a place in life right now where you're frustrated, you wonder what's going on, how come, how come it doesn't seem like I have any faith? Well, how many scriptures do you know about what you want God to do for you? How many scriptures are you quoting? How many scriptures are you talking about? When somebody asks you, how's it going, are you whining? Are you telling them what the Bible says? What are you saying? What are you saying? Do you, do, you, do, you have, do you have one thing you say in church to your Christian friends and another thing you say to non-Christians? He said, hold fast to confess your faith. Hold fast to confess your faith and don't give up while you're in church. When you leave church, lay your faith down. He said, hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. That means over it forward, talk the word. That means over at the graveyard, you talk the word. That means wherever it is you work at, you're saying what the word of God says about what you're believing in the, in, in the machine shop. Wherever you're at, what does God's word say? And you know, it's really important to speak it all the time, but it's more important that you speak it out there when you got all that doubt and unbelief around you. It takes faith to say what God says when you talk to non-believers about your life. And you know, the thing about that, number one, it's your life, and I never make a faith confession to witness to somebody, but when you're talking what God says in the midst of the crisis that it happened, you were a witness. When they see God come through and life-changing things took place because there's obviously God, then they'll talk about you and they'll say, that's what Rodney said was going to happen. Rodney said it, and it happened. He must know God. Amen. That's how this works. And so, and so faith comes from whatever you need by hearing the word of God. But for the faith to work, it's not only got to be in your heart, but in your mouth. You receive Jesus Christ, it says, because you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth that Jesus is my Lord. And that's when he became your Lord, when you said it with your mouth. Now, I want you to look at verse 10. At verse 10, uh, you, might, you might think this is deep, but it's not, I don't think it's deep, but I think it's very, very, very uh, concise in what it tells you how this whole process works. Verse 10, for with the heart, there's your heart again, man believeth. So you believe with your heart unto righteousness, and with the mouth, there's the mouth again, Confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. If you're taking notes, really listen close now, because this right here explains you why you hold on to confession of faith and how confession of faith works. And so as you can see, it takes more than believing with your heart what the Bible says. It starts there, but notice, with the mouth, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And so God does his part by providing preachers to preach the word and put faith in your heart. But then you must begin to confess what you hear out loud for it to become a reality in your life. We can preach it, and God uses us to preach it. We do our part. We're used by God to bring faith to you. So we get faith in your heart that your marriage can make it. We get faith in your heart that your bills can get paid off. We'll put faith in your heart that your child can be healed. We'll put faith in your heart that you can conceive. You know, I know there's people in the church that need to have babies. They couldn't conceive. Well, we put faith in the heart of the word of God how to get babies. But then there's your part. And it says, your mouth, confession is made unto. Confession is made unto. 
to salvation. Now, here's, here's where your notes come in. If you're a note taker, you need to get a hold of this. Salvation, salvation is more than born again. Born again, salvation is part of it, but that word confession comes from the word homologia. And don't get thrown off by, by things like I don't know I don't know a whole lot of Greek stuff, but the little bit I know is important for me because it saved my life many times to take care of me. So confession here is homologia, and that means in the Greek to say the same as. To say the same as. And so God wants you to say the same thing he says in the Bible about everything you need him to do in your life. God wants you to say what he said. God said, Jesus is Lord. God wants you to say, Jesus is Lord of my life. God said, Jesus is your healer. God wants you to say, Jesus is my healer. God said, I give you wisdom. God wants you to say, I have God's wisdom. Whatever it is out there, that, that's, what, that's what this homologia is. God wants you to say what he says. And you know, I learned, I learned, I learned as a young Christian that I had to learn to talk all over again. I lived for the devil for 28 and a half years. All I knew was sick, broke, depressed, <clears throat> stupid. I didn't know anything about life. All I knew is what the devil side said. So when I got born again, I learned the language of silence. When I found out the death of life is the power of the tongue, I thought, wow, I don't have to speak a lot of life. All I know is death, so I better shut up. And so for a long time, until I could learn the language of faith, I couldn't carry on a conversation with anybody. Because, man, I couldn't go around everybody every time something happens. Oh, that just kills me. Oh, that makes me sick. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <clears throat> if, I didn't have, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. I had to quit talking. Why ain't he lucky? Well, I had to learn that there's a difference between luck and blessing. I found out on that luck thing, I never had any good luck. It was all bad luck. I was a child of the devil. I mean, every once in a while, anybody throw something my way there, just throw me off. But most everything wasn't good. And so I had to learn. Somebody asked me how I'm doing. I had to learn to just start saying. And when I started saying I'm blessed, that just kind of, it goes against your flesh when you start talking that way. Somebody say, how you doing? I'm blessed. They go, whoa. You say, well, how'd that happen? Well, I bet, you, I bet you that thing broke down, didn't it? I said, no, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. It don't break. If it did, it get healed. Amen. Amen. And you know, I, I just, my language started changing. There used to be an expression, I don't know if these things are out there or not, because I don't hang around people talk this way. But boy, you stick out like a, like, like what they call that, a sore thumb. I've said hill thumb so long, but I don't even know what the other language is. I'd say, yeah, she stuck out like a hill thumb. And I just say things like that because I learned I don't want a sore thumb. I don't want bad luck. I want good blessing. And so I learned to start talking different. So confession is made. So he says, say the same as God says, unto salvation. And we're going to be wrapping it up, going through this salvation thing, because salvation is much more than receiving eternal life in your spirit. Salvation starts off with, by receiving eternal life. But soteria, soteria another Greek word, and it means deliverance. Safety, preservation, healing, soundness, and health. That's on the screen, right? Yeah, so if you'll write that, write that down, write that down. And so he says, your confession, say the same as God is, is unto your deliverance, unto your safety. You confess unto your preservation, unto healing, soundness, health, and so I want to talk about what that means. He says that with your heart you believe and with your mouth confession is made unto deliverance from sin, from addiction, from strongholds in your life. You know, uh, if you've got food addiction, if you've got nicotine addiction, if you've got alcohol addiction, 
if you got drug addictions. I would never be a recovered alcoholic. I would be somebody that was delivered from alcohol. I was delivered from alcohol 2,000 years ago, but I found out about it in the 1980s. Why is that? Because Colossians 1.13 says that Jesus delivered us from the authority of darkness. Alcohol comes from the devil's kingdom, not God's. Amen. Sex addiction. Anything that has a hold on your life that's a bad thing, pulling you the wrong direction, since your confession is made until you're delivered. And so what I say when something tries to get a hold on me, I say, thank you, Jesus, I've been delivered. I want to thank you, Lord, I've been delivered. If I need hands laid on me, then hands were laid on me, Lord, and your anointing's on my life. I'm delivered. I don't crave, I don't crave nicotine. I crave Jesus. I don't crave alcohol. I crave the Word of God. Amen. I'm not addicted to whatever kind of movies it is. I'm addicted to the Holy Spirit. I want to watch holy things. And so your confession <clears throat> has everything to do with your deliverance. Amen. And, and confession is made unto safety. Confession is made unto safety. And so I think about that. Safety in travels, at home, on the job, bad areas of the city. When I was a truck driver, I used to have to deliver in some really bad neighborhoods. I mean, matter of fact, I remember one time in, De in Detroit, there was a guy going to rob me. Man, he had my watch halfway up arm, trying to rip my watch off my arm. And, and I, my confession is made unto safety. I remember exactly what I did. I listened to the Holy Ghost inside of me, and while he was trying to, trying to hurt me, I stuck my finger right in the middle of his chest. As I want to tell you something, your grandma has been praying for you, and I'm the answer to her prayer. I said, you get on your knees now. I'm going to pray for you. And this man started crying. And he got on his knees. And I prayed for him. He received Jesus as his Lord. Why is that? Because I kept my confession right before I ever got into those areas, believing in the name of Jesus. I was an agent for God coming into this area because God's the one that had me on this job. Because God had me on this job, as long as I walked with God, God was walking with me, and I knew that my confession was made unto my safety, and so I could do that, and I did that. I remember times I'd go to places, and in the natural, I was afraid of dogs. My mom never liked dogs, always thought I'd be afraid of dogs. I'd deliver some places in those areas there. They'd have these, they didn't have pit bulls back in the Midwest. They had German shepherds and Goldman Pinchers. I remember more than once, I'd open a gate to some big place, and man, there folks face-to-face -face with the whooper. And I remember what I would do every time. Every time I'd do the same thing. Man, on the inside, I was shaking and trembling. On the outside, I'd just say, in the name of Jesus, you stop right here. I'm here for Jesus. I'm on God's business, and you can't hurt me. And then while my legs were like jelly, and I was walking up to that door, knock on that door, I walked up there, and everything in me wanted to look back, wanted to run, wanted to find something to jump on. So I'd just say, in the name of Jesus, I'm here about God's business. And I always came through it. But what I'm saying is this, that your mouth and your heart working together with Jesus will take you through anything. He said, your confession is made unto safety. <clears throat> and then you look at the next thing. It says, unto preservation. That includes protection, but the Bible says Jesus has us in the palm of his hand. It says the Holy Spirit has us sealed till the day of redemption. It says that our, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. God has us preserved as long as we stay with him. Has us preserved that nothing can steal, nothing can steal our eternal salvation. Nothing can take us out before our time if we know how to walk with God and keep our mouth right. And I'm thinking about what we're saying, hold fast, confess your faith without wavering. You know, I, I've had to tell people for years, Christians, it's so wrong for a Christian to be afraid to get on an airplane. Somebody says, well, I got a phobia. Well, what's a phobia? It's a fear. 
I got, I got a phobia of heights. Are you going to be able to go up the rapture? That's really high. Well, Jesus, uh, you got to leave me behind, you know. I've given place to fear, so I really don't want to go that high. No, that's not the way it works. It says God is the one that has us preserved, has us protected. Don't be afraid of heights. If God wants you to go witness somebody or do something he wants you to do, he didn't give you the spirit of fear. You know, if, if something happens, you're on the West Coast, and you have something emergency on the East Coast, I know by experience that's a long drive. I don't do that unless I want to sightsee. I get on the airplane, and I think I thank Jesus for Psalms 91. He said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. And then I do what Jesus did. Jesus got in the boat, and there's a storm and things going on. And he told the disciples, said, we're going to the other side. I get on the airplane and say, I want to thank you, Lord. I'm going to the other side. See, that's how faith works. You hold fast, confess your faith without wavering. And so, and so this is all these things are wrapped in that to talk right. You got to learn how to talk right and then healing. What are you saying about Jesus and healing if you need healing? You know, I just think about myself and my life. A lot of you watched me up close three years ago. You know, I wasn't doing anything to try to impress you. But I lived for Jesus. And because I was around a lot of you, sometimes, uh, I think sometimes people got upset with me. And I know that, I know some, there's some preachers I know, word of faith preachers, that told me they got upset with me because I wouldn't let them pray for me. They thought I was in pride, that I thought I was too good for their prayers. I said, well, I said, I did what the Bible says in James 5, 14 and 15. I called for the elders of the church, the elders of this church, 18 of us. I said, here's the oil. It says, call for you, the elders of the church. I said, I've asked you to anoint me with oil in the name of the Lord and pray the prayer of faith. And Jesus said, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. I said, pray the prayer of faith. Don't pray for my healing anymore, but thank God for it. See, I didn't say don't pray for me. I said, just praise God as words working. Praise God that your pastor is getting better every day because Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So there's a couple times I was in meetings with preachers' meetings like that, and they knew what I was going through, stage four cancer and all the ugly stuff going on. And I said, well, Bertie, can we call you up here and pray for you? I'd say, humbly, sir, oh, I, I don't need it. And I was looking pretty bad, having trouble walking, all kinds of stuff because of that blood cancer. And I said, I don't need it. They say, why don't you? And I said, because the elders already anointed me and they prayed for me. As I said, if you want to, you just raise your hands and thank God that Bernie Sample's getting better every day because the Bible's true. It says that the elders prayed the prayer of faith and he's getting better every day. It says heal the sick. And see what I'm saying? That wasn't pride at all. That was me with my faith in my heart knowing that God said where the prayer of faith is prayed by the elders over a sick person, that healing takes place. What any pride there, but what would be there if I stopped every time somebody wanted to pray, but I said, go ahead, I'd be saying the last person that prayed that didn't have any faith because I need somebody else to pray. So see, someplace in this process, your faith has to connect with the word of God, and where the word of God is in your heart and in your mouth. What word's that? The word of faith which we preach. Where that's in your heart and in your mouth, he said, hold fast, confess your faith without wavering. So my whole thing, that whole process, was I want to thank you, Lord. I'm better every day, every day, every day. And did it feel like it? Oh, I was talking to Mr. Pastor the other day about some of those days. No, it didn't feel like it. Every time I came in the church, I wanted to fall over in the natural. And sometimes my legs did buckle and start to go down, but I made myself walk. Had a couple ushers, they would have get under my arms like that. I said, man, I don't want to, I said, I don't want to fall down in front of the people. If you see me start to go, grab me. I'm believing in Jesus' name, I'll make it to the front row. I'd get to the front row, I'd sit there, and uh, a lot of times my body was sitting there, but I wasn't. My head was so mushy from all the stuff going on. I sat there and I stared. So the service was over. My wife grabbed my stuff, got me to the door, and I got out of here. But my heart and my mouth stuck with what God said. I've called for the elders to get better every day. Is this helping anybody?
confession is made unto healing and then soundness. Confession is made unto soundness. How many know the second Timothy 1 7 says God that gives a spirit of fear, but part of love and what? Sound mind. Confession made unto, unto soundness. God has given you the mind of Christ, a sound mind. What are you saying about your mental condition? What are you saying about your mental condition? If God says to give you a sound mind and confession made unto soundness, are you saying stupid things like, I must be brain dead? A Christian should never say something that's stupid. I must have mental problems. Well, if you got mental problems, get saved and start talking the word. Amen. Start talking right. Confession is made unto a sound mind. And you know, something I learned a long time ago, whether you're old or whether you're young, sometimes you forget things. Why would you confess, I must be losing my mind? Why would you ever confess that? If you could have what you say, hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. If you're having times of where you're having, having problems up there, start laying hands on yourself. Start talking what God says. I want to thank you, Lord, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. Lord, I want to thank you that you bring all things to my remembrance according to John 16, 13. I want to thank you, Lord, you remind me. Amen? Amen. Are you getting this? You know, we're wanting to help you. So how do you hold fast your confession of faith? He said, hold fast your confession of faith without wavering, so you do. And then the last thing, and that's soteria, is health. Well, I thought we just talked about health. No, we talked about healing. It's one thing to need healing. It's another thing to stay in good health. Amen. And so God's best is divine health. What's divine health? You just don't get sick. You stay well. Confession is made unto healing if you need it. But confession is made unto, unto divine health. So what do you say about your physical body? What do you say about your physical body? You know, I think about 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says our outward man perishes. Well, as we're getting older, the way the physical process is, your body slows down. It doesn't have to be sick. You don't have to go deaf. You don't have to get Alzheimer's. You don't have to get dementia. You don't have to have diseases because you're getting older. See, there's some things you use your faith on, some things you can't. Because it's the process that's out there, the Bible says your body's getting older. It says the given man, you know, wants to die. So there's going to come a time you die but you stay well to the day you die. You don't have to be sick. Amen. Confession is made unto your health. And so anyway, that's how you hold fast to confess your faith without wavering. Keep speaking the word, and you'll have what it says. Keep speaking the word, and you'll have what it says. Not only in church, but especially outside of church. Especially outside of church. You know, I, uh, I used to... People used to really think I was goofy, I guess. Maybe I am to the world. But I'd be in conversation, real negative conversation about things going on, and people say, ain't that right? I thought, man, I don't want to argue with these guys, so I'd just stare at them, because I'm not going to agree with them, because it's not right. Whether you talk about money things, health things, family things, I'd just stare. So I said, well, ain't that right? And finally, I just said, no, it's not right. I said, if that's what you want, it's all right for you. But it's not right for me. My family stayed intact. We're financially secure. This whatever the latest disease is going around, there's a lot of them before COVID, you know. Whatever it is going around, no, we refuse that to happen here because we live in the secret place of the Most High, stood by the shadow of the Almighty. He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So no, if you want to have it, you can have it, but we're not going to take it. And so sometimes when you learn how important your mouth is, how fast your profession of faith, you're going to have to stare at people sometimes if you're not brave enough to talk to them. Amen, amen, amen. So Hebrews 10, 23, that's what he means to hold fast to confess your faith without wavering. Find out what God says and say what God says, and then you're homologian. You're having your confession. Amen. Pastor Dave. Thank you. All right, praise God. What a good word for Amen. us tonight. Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast that confession of faith. Amen. He is faithful who promised. Hallelujah. 
All right. Well, we're going to close things out here. Um, they need, uh, we need a few good men. Do I have a few good men? All right. <laughs> hey, we need a couple of guys to uh, help us uh, j- just uh, move a few tables and chairs next door in Victory Hall for our mother-son pancake breakfast on Saturday morning. So if I could get a couple of guys right as soon as we're done to go with Robert, we're just going to move a few tables, but that would be great. And, uh, of course, my final reminder, Saturday morning, uh, moms and sons, we have the mother-son pancake breakfast, $2 a person. You can go get your tickets right now from Susan as soon as the end of the service is over. She'll be right there at the info booth. And also Mother's Day is Sunday. We've got invitations there. Every mom, please be here. We want to bless you and honor you. And we ask you to invite somebody else Sunday so we can share the gospel with them and honor them on Mother's Day. Amen. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. Who had a good time? Yes. And listen, we're working on this AC thing. I've got a secret agent that's going to help me out a little bit to uh, uh, get the job done a little bit quicker. So she knows who she is. She's going to help me out. And we're going to get some units going on in here real, real soon. Okay. I have a special helper that I promised was going to help me say the Barstow Faith Confession, and she is so ready. (laughs) Come up here so I can see you. All right, all right. You ready, Serenity? Doesn't she look pretty? Look at this nice little dress here, all right? Sweet little girl that loves Jesus, all right? Let me pray over you, and then she's going to close you out with that Barstow Faith Confession. Raise your hands tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the word that we saw. And we know, Lord, that you are faithful that promised, Lord. So anything that we are standing in faith for and believing right now, we know that it's going to happen. We are not going to grow weary and well-doing, but we will reap in due season. We thank you for it, God. Bless every single person here this week in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. You ready, Serenity? All right. You know this, right? Okay, you got it. The words are right there. Smith of love, joy, peace. Smith is the 